Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Pretty sure we'll be back in our apartment by the end of next week. And we've got an offer that we're placing on a house in the meantime. And, you know, it's going pretty good. Excellent. I knew that house hunting was was in the works there. So you're still you're still looking. It's still moving along. Nothing final yet. Nothing final yet, but we're putting in an offer on a house that we're pretty excited about. So we'll see what happens. Excellent. Excellent. Well, in other news... We're back here to record another episode of Spirit Sherpa. We are. And we've got a pretty awesome guest with us today. We do. I'm so excited. <laughs> Who do we have? <laughs> we have Stephen Black. Stephen is one of the coaches in the Mastering Spiritual Evolution program. And he is one of our shamans in training. He's in year three of our, our training process. And since people keep saying to me when they're thinking about joining the program, they're like, well, I don't know who Stephen is. I was like, you know what? That's true. I gotta Let me introduce Stephen to the podcast community. <laughs> Stephen's had a really interesting sh journey in his spiritual practice. And he's been going through a lot with us because he went in on the industrial level <laughs> training program. <laughs> so we're going to talk to him today about his journey. So welcome, Stephen. Welcome, Stephen. Hello. So Stephen, tell us a little bit about where your spiritual journey started. 
Well, this is a bit of a story. My spiritual journey started when I was four years old and I was standing by a sandbox. And it might have been in church, it might have been in preschool, it was in the same building, but I was thinking to myself, that uh, good and evil were two sides of the same coin, and to support either one would require someone to step up and support the other equally. And I didn't want anything to do with that, and so I decided to just walk away from it. And so that I consider that as when I became agnostic. That was a pretty profound choice for a four-year-old. Very profound. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that you you don't share with your family. It's just you keep going through the motions, and but then it's like you realize that they're just motions. Mm. So where did it take you from there? Where did your journey go? Well, part of this is that in the third grade, I was suicidally depressed. I was lonely. My teachers, they didn't know how to deal with me because I didn't need to pay attention to them, but I impacted the students around me because I was distracting to them. And so they had me face a wall and I was a new kid in school and I faced a wall and I knew no one. I started being depressed in second grade and by third grade, I was suicidal. Wow. Wow. You're like eight years old at that time, right? Yeah. Eight years old. Yeah. Crazy for an eight year old to feel suicidal. And yet, having been the new kid in school, I can say I would have felt pretty damn depressed if my teachers had singled me out and had me face a wall and not be part of things. So I can understand where that would come from. I'm pretty unhappy with your teachers right now. They're like laid the foundation. In sixth grade, I had a severe case of cystic acne and I loathed myself. I just, I had a lot of self-hatred. I had an intent that if I met someone like myself, I wanted to like that person. I wanted to be friends with someone who was like myself, but I needed to change myself in order to become that person. Why did you have to be a different person to like someone else at that time? Well, because I didn't like myself. Was it just that you figured that if you wanted to like somebody like you, if you hated you, you'd probably hate them too? Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So I wanted to become the kind of person that I would like. Okay. So I had the focused intention and then I just let it go. So I consider that my first spell, my first manifestation. Pretty big one. (laughs) A pretty big one. Personal transformation work right from the beginning. Yeah, you know, let's start small. Let me ask you a question on that one, Stephen. To clarify, was that a conscious manifestation or was that something you were just putting out there, not knowing anything about what manifestation was, just saying, this is is what I intend to do. And now you look back and it says, holy crap, that was actually my first manifestation. I was unaware of manifestation uh, when I did it. I didn't know about it. I didn't know how to do it. But when someone told me about this is how you manifest things, then it's like, oh, I clearly did that then. Okay. Well, and how long did that take to come to fruition then? So I really loved my junior high school experience. There's a reason that it's like a hated experience for a lot of people. But me, it was awesome especially when compared to elementary school. I really enjoyed junior high school. And so I think, I think just the fact that I enjoyed junior high school is a sign that it was starting to work even then. But it took about seven years for me to actually stop hating myself. And at that time, I was in Sedona, Arizona, hanging out with energy workers and psychics. 
Okay, so how do you end up in Sedona, Arizona? You you can't just say, oh, well, I was there. <laughs> so my father's girlfriend had a mother living in Sedona, Arizona, who was also a psychic. So we relocated over there because he didn't have anything really going on. And he kind of wanted to get out of the greater Cincinnati area where we were living. And so you know, I went along. And you were in Cincinnati? Yeah. Oh my the God. Cincinnati did... area. Yeah, that's so funny that Kathy lived there too. So you guys were probably there at the same time. That's hysterical. Yeah. So you're in Sedona. I was in Sedona hanging out with psychics and energy workers. And I had a dream. I had a lot of dreams when I was young where I would be trapped in a city and I need to escape the wires over the city and then fly. And I had a dream in which the city was encased in a crystal. And there was no escaping it. And I was being chased. And they were all me. They hated me because I wanted to leave. There was no way out. And I couldn't escape them. So I teleported to the center of the earth. And that is how I processed my self-hatred. Because I hated myself for wanting to be different, for knowing that Outside of myself, it was safe, it was beautiful, but I was scared. And after that, and after I recognized what that meant, then the self-hatred was gone. I want to address that for our listeners, because that was a pretty profound leap for you to make within the symbology of that dream. And I want to talk to our listeners for a minute about that dream, because oftentimes when we're being chased it can often mean that we are growing and it's making us uncomfortable. Every time I go through a major growth pattern, I'm being chased in my dreams by the government and I'm often getting tailgated in real life. <laughs> There's just like this constant sense of things trying to chase me down and grab hold of me. And it's, it's you were totally right in your assumption there that it's it's your ego trying to drag you back. And the idea that you're trying to leave the city. For some people, that would be trying to leave a house. But when you're being chased, it's often a larger scope. And so the city makes more sense. And to have things within the visual, for me, occasionally when I would be trying to escape stuff, like one time my mother was on the train with me. And I was trying to escape from the government officials and try to avoid having to deal with her at the same time. It was, it was like this bizarre stuff, right? But these are the things that we, we dream about. And the teleporting into the center of the earth in this context, from the outside, I would presume that that's teleporting into your center. Is that how you interpreted it? I think so, yeah. And, yeah. and being encased in a crystal is a very interesting visual, because, you know, crystals are generally seen as amplifiers of what's going on. Yeah. And crystalline structures are pretty, they're pretty entrenched structures, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, that develop over long periods of time. And so it's, it's very much a great metaphor for this belief structure about yourself. I just wanted to break down that dream since it was such a, an evolutionary aha for you. I wanted to break that down for our listeners. So back to your story. <laughs> yeah, I was in Sedona and there was community there that I was a part of that I really enjoyed. And I liked myself and I was like, who am I going to become next? 
how am I gonna, going to manifest new change? I ended up following my father who had moved to the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, he worked in the tech field. I also worked in the tech field. While I was there, I took some classes in fairy tradition witchcraft. And I wasn't particularly drawn to the tradition in the long term, but there were key things I needed at the time. And I had the concept of a shadow self. My go-to at the time when a dream and something disturbed me was to shine a white light from the center of my being and it would transform them. I actually had dreams where I met someone and I did not like them. And I tried this and the light bent around them. Oh, and, and I was like, how did that work? Because <laughs> that's weird. Mm -hmm. And I bent the light around them because I didn't want it to hit them because they were my shadow. They were composed of things I didn't want to see and acknowledge. I decided that I would fully integrate my shadow and well, when I was in Sedona, I was introduced to the notion uh, that you could do things either hard and long or gentle and easy and quickly. And I was like, I'm going to integrate my shadow and I want to do it as gently and easily as possible while also being nice and fast. Yeah, I wish somebody had told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I took the spiritual masochist route. I was like, right, right through the middle. It's got to be faster. <laughs> right. Oh, this that was... would have been so nice. Are you guys listening? I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a big moment, Stephen. This is oh, yeah. this is yeah. like the time. Yeah. I had disturbing dreams. Uh, sometimes it was like a parade of nightmares, right? And in each case, it was a matter of, do I fully accept this and integrate it into who I am now? Or do I finally let this go? During this time, I found myself spontaneously singing to myself, which is something I did when I was four before I started kindergarten and people looked at me weird when I did it. Yeah, I did that too. They yeah. looked at me funny too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found myself spontaneously just singing and that was super awesome because I liked that part of me. And I also found myself crying a lot more easily because I just, I get overwhelmed with feeling and I'm not afraid to show it anymore. So this is a, a real 180 type journey that you took here from that standing by the sandbox and everything you went through, through middle school and that point where you started to enjoy your time having to go through the stuff that you had to go through with not liking yourself and then coming to the point where you, you actually really like yourself. You've incorporated all of these dark places. You've shined your light on them. And now you've, you've seen what's there and you accept it. And that's sort of that transformative part of the journey that you're starting or not starting to. It sounds like you've really taken those strides there. That had to have been a big part of what brought you to where you are right now. Definitely. I just want to acknowledge that saying, I'm going to integrate all of my shadows. <laughs> I didn't say anything when you first said it, but I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is not a small feat. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay. That that is a significant commitment. <laughs> 
I had dreams where I was stalking myself. And <laughs> there was like a, a, like a monochrome version of myself hiding in this land of giant forks. And there was another me that came in. And when they eventually found, there was blended together. And then instead of monochrome, it was like a rainbow. That's so cool. Super cool. Yeah. Where did you go from there? Well, from there, I went to a failed marriage, <laughs> which... You know, it has its pros and cons. I have an amicable separation. We get along with each other in separate houses a lot better than we did together. We have two great kids. I always really wanted to be a father. When I was young, I had an older brother. And he liked to try to terrorize me, but he was always authentic to who he was. And it never seemed out of character to me, and I was never phased by it. One of the things he did was Christmas or my birthday would come along and I'd get toys. Sometimes he would play and destroy with my toys before I even got to play with them. Wow. And I got a, a yellow bean doll named Mr. Beanie with a plastic head, yellow jumpsuit, and he couldn't destroy it. He couldn't break it. And so, you know, that was my go-to toy. <laughs> and so I ended up playing like stuffed animals with Mr. Beanie with my a younger sister instead of some of the other things. So the whole like nurturing thing, I got to practice that in ways that had my brother not like broken every stereotypically boy toy I had when I was young, I might not have been able to. I really enjoy being being a parent. And my children, you know, they're they're like eleven and eight and still when we go out, you know, they're still holding my hands. Mm. You know, they they clearly like they, they love my company. Yeah. So I'm doing something right. So you're out in Indiana. I am. And you ended up in my living room in Somerville, Massachusetts. I did. That's how we met. How did you get there? (laughs) Well, so I had mentioned that I had started singing silly little songs to myself. Mm -hmm. There is a a, like monthly contest in February called February Album Writing Month, where people try to record 14 songs in 28 days. Oh my gosh. So I had had young kids and I thought, hey, I'm going to try this. What's the worst I can do? And so I did it. And I I met someone who lived in Boston and I went to visit them and hang out with them. And uh, they were like, hey, you need to come to this thing with Kelly because she's awesome. And I'm like, okay. And so I went and it was clear that you were like the real deal. And I could tell that because of my experience in Sedona, because I've been around weak versions and I knew enough to know when somebody was like, they're really into it. They're really locked on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're totally the real deal. And I know you were the real deal. So I went to, I think I went to like two things that time. And like the end of the second one, you're like, Hey, we got this program and we think you might be a good fit, but you're coming in really late. And if you can't catch up, we're, you're going to have to be out. Playing a little bit of hardball there. Well, no, it was just being <laughs> honest. We were on a super fast path. I was actually putting this particular group through two years of the training at once. And if he couldn't catch up in the beginning, he was going to fall way behind in the in the process. It was not about being mean. It was about oh, yeah. being honest. Yeah. And, and you were like a couple months behind, right? I was a couple months behind. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it was a significant amount of time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm already kind of concerned about putting people through 20 years worth of personal growth work in a year. And you're starting two months behind, which would be like four years behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like two years behind or something. I don't know. I can't do math. So how did that go for you, Stephen? It was a little intense catching up. But then we had a gathering of everybody and I like wasn't the worst one. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I've caught up. <laughs> Awesome. How has the journey been for you in this process in terms of, you know, going through two years of training at once and <laughs> doing it from a distance, right? Because you've, you've been doing it. Everybody else was in the Boston area and you were coming in from Indiana every time. It's a little bit different, but it's been really good for me. I've really enjoyed the process. There's been a lot of new things to learn in just within the material, but mostly within myself, because it's kind of the, like the nature of the program. Yeah, we kind of do that. <laughs> <laughs> and now here's the irony out of all of this. You were the one who started two months behind and you're the first person who's been certified to be a coach. Yeah. So clearly you ran fast and ran hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've been co-coaching with me for, oh, wow, we did it for like six or eight months, right? You've been coaching on your own now. So how has that process of becoming a coach been for you? Well, it has been, well, I just, I love everybody. I love the process. I love the work that we do. It, it's really fun. And is there anything about, because you're, you're still in training mm-hmm. and we're actually doing our retreat weekend coming up for the people who are in the training program at this level. We're going to be learning some magic. We're going to be actually getting together and doing magic. How are you feeling about that? I'm excited. I think it'll be lots of fun. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be way cool. So you're looking forward and you're effectively in the middle of last third of year three of the program and looking ahead at year four, which is becoming a shaman officially. Year three, you've been learning sound healing and coaching and holding space and doing energy work. And eventually you're going to get to energy scanning. And then next year is going to be all about learning how to create ritual from scratch. Yeah. How to run your own shamanic practice. And so, you know, you've had to learn a lot of mythology and a lot of mythos in general, you know, the symbology and the the ologies out there. Is it changing the way you think? It's hard to say because when you change the way you think, you think about things differently and you don't always recognize that you ever thought of things differently than you do now, even though it's different. Mm. So I'm sure, I'm sure part of the changes that have been happening have been in the way I think, but I can't like put my finger on any specifically. Yeah. What's the thing that you've loved the most about being on a spiritual path? The thing is, I don't see spirituality as being separate from the physical world. So, I mean, some people are like, you know, reality is just a shared dream or you know, the, the dream of the gods or, I mean, there's different ways of looking at it. But the way I see it personally is like we're inside beings that are inside beings and they're all overlapping in this energetic mesh. 
and this is a shared space among many of them, but it's inside some and outside others. And, but that's like reality for me. We only experience the realities within our own heads. So we can have our own perceptions of reality and they can be separate from quantifiable events. It can be my reality and not interfere with the fact that there are reproducible events. And that's your favorite thing? That is reality. I mean, it's like messing with the nature of reality and knowing your place in it in a, in a deeper, more profound way. That's cool. So, Joey, do you have any other questions? I don't. It's been really, really cool getting to know you, Stephen. This has been this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. It's been fun being here. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. The process that you shared earlier about integrating the shadows mm, and yeah. um, you know letting go of things or accepting things in sounded an awful lot like the recapitulation process that. Uh, Taisha Albalar describes in her book, The uh, Sorcerer's Crossing. Oh, um, yeah, she's, she's one of the people who was trained by Don Juan, who is the one who trained Carlos Castaneda. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was one of the people in that group. And so she wrote about her experiences in that book. And I was like, you were talking about, it, I'm like, Mwah, sounds like a recapitulation. And you just tapped into that morphic field and did it all by your little lonesome. Aren't you freaking awesome? Yes. <laughs> so that was really cool to listen to as definitely, well. Um, definitely. So Stephen, if people want to reach out and get to know you, ask you questions, is there a place that they can do that? Would that be the Facebook group? The Facebook group is uh, is great. The Spirit Sherpa Podcast After Party yeah. Facebook group. People can go in there and, and catch up with you there. Is there anywhere else? Definitely. You know, they can find him there and you'll answer questions on the Facebook group, right? Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. One of the best things about having Stephen come up through the program is I, I tell people all the time, look, it's been 20 years since I've been in the place where a lot of the people who are just starting in the program are right now. And Stephen's closer to that process in his own life. And so, you know, somebody will ask a question on our Facebook group for the Mastering Spiritual Evolution program, and he'll answer it. And he'll say what I would have said, but he'll say it in many more words that give much more explanation and much more foundation for the reasoning. And I'll be like, right, yes, that's actually a better answer than I would have given because (laughs) it's got more detail. And at this stage in your evolution, you really want the detail and the understanding and the foundation on which to build it. And And I'm like, when he started doing that, I was like, yep, you're ready. Like, let's get you in and 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 go on because uh, yeah, his answers are better than mine sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm okay with that. Any teacher who doesn't want their students to exceed them is not a good teacher. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you for for all of that, and thank you for being there for people when they have questions that they might want to reach out to you for. Uh, Kelly, you also wanted to talk a little bit about some stuff about the discovery calls, right? Yeah. So I want to say thanks to everybody who has sort of been uh, holding back on booking discovery calls for the last couple of weeks while I've been in transit. (laughs) I am going to be back and and solid in my life again. And so if you've been, because I can feel you guys out there, I can feel it. It's like, oh, I want a discovery call, but I don't want to bother her right now. She's got a lot going on, right? So I'm I'm good. All of the the big trauma drama stuff has 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 
past. So thank you for holding back. And if you're one of the people that I'm feeling in the morphic field out there, who's been waiting to schedule with me now would be the time to do that. Thank you very much for, for waiting. Awesome. And you can go to kellysparta.com to sign up for those discovery calls and yep. get everything you need there as well. There's all kinds of stuff that you can get there. Yep. And Kelly, is there anything you want to say before we head out today? Well, I, I it occurs to me, as you were saying, you can get everything you need at the site. It occurs to me, we haven't talked about the Boundaries for Empaths program in a while. Yeah, that's true. So I want to mention that also on the website, you can get a free download of the Boundaries for Empaths PDF that will give you a full description of exactly how to have better boundaries in your life as an empath. And uh, if you stay on the mailing list, when you get that download, you will also get uh, access to additional information on that same course. Um, it comes like every two or three days, you'll get another piece for you to listen to or, or watch or whatever. Okay. Cool. And so I would really encourage you to do that regardless of what your intentions are for anything else. It's totally free, no obligation. Uh, that's, that's my gift to the world. <laughs> please, please download it. It makes a huge difference in your life. Definitely does. Absolutely. Yeah. And Stephen, is there anything you want to leave everyone with here today? It's been a really great experience. And uh, I look forward to interacting with more people from the bo- the podcast. I, I love working with the people in the program. I love new people coming to the program. I, uh, I look forward to, to meeting more people and interacting on the Facebook group if, if they decide not to, to join the program. Awesome. That is so great. Great. And I guess that's that's all we have for this week. So everybody, please be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Stephen Black, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, so I leave behind a Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create 
a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.